I'm always afraid it's going to go back to that somehow because I don't know how it got on that setting to begin with. Right. So I'm always petrified. <laughs> All right. So I guess this is episode uh, two. This is episode two. Of, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it, Cult Personalities. Yeah, Cult Personalities podcast. I, I keep on the say cult of and it just it. Yeah, you you want to put that in there, yeah. but Living Color. Know. It just uh Right. Not the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> the popular black metal band. <laughs> <laughs> I I've loved that joke since I was a kid, so I'm never gonna <laughs> change that one. <laughs> All right. So uh George is not with us. Uh, I'm Derek and Rich is across from me. Rich you will know from this website. So uh you should know it's well actually no, it's not always on the website, so from any PA scene. Yeah, in general. <laughs> uh, so I guess before we get into anything, we'll do a couple uh, recent watches or listens and all that fun stuff we've been doing. Did you do any of your homework? Did you watch uh, Deathgasm? I have not watched Son it yet. Bitch, nobody ever listens to me. <laughs> I will, though. I'll get to it. I, I've had so many friends I kept telling to watch Stranger Things yeah. that everybody ignored me for so long, and now everyone has become this fanboy on it. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn it. Like I've been telling them for weeks, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And I'm like, no. Because like, I, I, I'll put it this way. I hate recommending things to people because of the fact that I don't want to hype anything. Right. And that's why I don't like to recommend something unless I know that person will like it. I don't like to to recommend it with a, oh, you're going to love this. It's just I like to recommend it knowing that that person will like it, and that's it. There's nothing beyond that. So I get aggravated when they're like, and then I know they're watching other stuff. I understand time, but when I see them watching other things, I'm like, no. (laughs) (sighs) I I will totally watch that, though. For uh, you know, I'm sure one of the upcoming episodes we'll probably talk about some horror stuff. So, oh, of course, we're getting into yeah. Halloween soon. I'm definitely gonna, uh, I'll definitely watch it soon. Well, I did watch uh, a documentary last night on Netflix. Actually, well, it was kind of a late night decision. I was gonna go to bed, and then I was saying, "Oh, what's new on Netflix?" Is this after after porn ends, is that what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, after that. No, no, I mean the do- that doc- portion of the night. There's a documentary called After Porn Ends. That's what I meant. Oh, I thought you meant after the no, no, the, no. The, the, well, the the porn segment of the evening. I wasn't looking the, for confessions. But <laughs> that's fine. Uh, it's it's called L Street, nineteen seventy six. L Street. L Street. E L S T R E E. Oh, yeah. Not. It's named after the studio that they uh, did the auditions and they shot in originally at uh, the original Star Wars oh, uh, wow, back okay. in the 70s. And uh, so you wouldn't know it by the title to look yeah. for it. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to track down. In fact, I, just, I was trying to jog my memory quick. I just typed in Star Wars 1976 documentary and it came right up in, in Google, so... Um, was there a lot of stock footage and stuff like behind the scenes no, stuff, or was, was it, it the was, stories? It was interesting because uh, essentially it's just a series of interviews with uh, people who were extras in the original Star Wars film that maybe had a few seconds of screen time, and then that's it. Oh, wow. You know, so they uh, they talked to uh, mostly. Like people who were, you know, this guy was the sand trooper who, you know, was uh, mind tricked by uh, Ben Kenobi and, you know, that iconic scene or, 
you know, this is the guy who was Greedo for those two seconds that he had to wear the mask and get shot and, you know, fall <laughs> over. Yeah. You know, uh, some people were just background people. There was an X-Wing pilot. There was this, the stormtrooper who infamously hit his head in the scene and ended up uh, staying in the film. The uh, the flub where, it, where, oh, where he, yeah, uh, he yeah. whacks his head yeah. on the, uh, the door as it opens. <laughs> Uh, this guy claims to be the guy. Apparently, he's, he said since uh, since the movie came out, he's like, there's a dozen other guys who are stormtroopers who claim to be that guy. Oh, yeah, that's you true. Know? But yeah. he's, he said, I'm, I'm definitely the guy who did that. I remember doing it distinctly, but they never said cut, so I thought that I wasn't in frame. <laughs> You know, so I just I, I never corrected them. I never said, hey, guys, you should go back and look at that or whatever. And they just kept going, you know. So it was interesting to get the perspective of some of these people, because uh, the first thing that they start out with, which I really think they should have focused on more, was uh, they were showing the action figures that they had of themselves of, yeah, and them yeah. talking about how weird it is yeah. to have an action figure doing of you. Nothing. Yeah, almost doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for being an extra at a movie for two seconds and not knowing that. You know, you were. Go it was going to be this big iconic film. You know, decades later and stuff. So, it's. Uh, it, it was interesting. They did talk to uh, David Prowse a little bit more um, than the other people, which mm -hmm. makes sense because yeah. he was Darth Vader. And uh, they talked to um, Jeremy Bullock, who was uh, uh, Boba Fett. And uh, which I, I they didn't they it seemed like they introduced him much later in the movie so I think their interview with him was much shorter or something and so the other the other people they really focused on were, were more of just the extras that you've never heard of yeah. that really did well, very also small big gonna, parts. Uh, those other people are more well known and they've been in many other things. Right, that, so I would I mean, think you'd hear you know if you're because I mean obviously I, I would only recommend this this documentary to hardcore Star Wars oh, yeah. fans. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're a hardcore fan. You've probably heard David Prowse tell these stories a hundred times. You've heard yeah. Jeremy Bullock tell these stories a hundred times. So you'd want to focus on the people who you don't really hear from or, yeah. you know, th th this guy basically tracked down and, and, you know, found out what they were up to or, you know, what they were doing at the time and why they became actors and, you know, that sort of thing. And it was it was definitely interesting. Uh, it was a little dry. It was, There wasn't a lot to it. Yeah, other than it, it just was, it was just basically like, hey, what have you been up to? Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So it wasn't as interesting as I hoped it to be. The trailer kind of made it more it seemed like there was a little more to it. Um, they did have like a couple shots they did as as reenactments where they had people like in uh, they weren't reenacting the stories that they were telling. They were just kind of extra footage to kind of make it more interesting than you know just putting a camera there. on somebody and and making them talk <laughs> for you know an hour or two. So it wasn't bad, but um, I I would say if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, to uh, look that up on Netflix. They just added it recently, and you know give it a watch if you've basically seen everything else. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, the one I watched the reason I started off talking about Deathgasm was there's a movie. Uh, I found, and I don't like to keep plugging one thing too much because I don't get any money from them, which I wish I would because I could save my money with my subscriber fee. <laughs> um, but on Shudder, which if you love horror, is like one of the best streaming things you can get, and it's Shudder with two Ds. Uh, there's a movie they just added called Blood Punch that is phenomenal. It's uh, the, the lead from Deathgasm is in it. And it's, it's funny because actually... The three main leads were all Power Rangers at one point too. Oh, that's they're all from they're all from New Zealand. Okay, um, but they're playing Americans in this movie, and it, it's it's hard to describe, but it's kind of like um, Groundhog Day, 
Mm-hmm. Meets, did you see Time Crimes? I don't know if you saw it. It was like a Spanish, I believe it was a Spanish horror movie. Kind of horror, kind mm-hmm. of thriller. Um, basically, it was like someone kept going back in time and reliving these things. Almost like Groundhog Day, but it was it was more of a, a time jumping. It was a really good movie. I re- but yeah, I remember more... reading about it, I think, when it came out, but I, I never got a okay. chance to see it. it. It's kind of like those two mesh together. Okay. Um, it's like a very, it, it's not a horror movie in the scary sense at all. It's more of a really dark, like a black comedy Um but like in that Groundhog Day thing, like the 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 premise basically is there's a, a guy who meets with this girl, but they're in rehab, uh, and he knows how to make meth. Like really, <laughs> he's really good at making meth. He's like a, this science genius, and uh, she recruits him to make all this meth that, that she needs for her and her boyfriend to have this big sale. And as they get to where they're going and they break out of rehab, this timeline starts. That's just this overlapping. I don't want to give into get into too much, but it's really really good. Um, and it's really interesting in, in this, if you like horror movies with the comedy slant and a little bit more going on that you're not just like looking for a jump scare, that's like a really, really good movie. But hmm. the problem is most of them now are just going for jump scares, but I'm getting that a lot of time. Uh, the other thing I started watching was Narcos season two, which hmm. I don't know if, did you watch Narcos at all? No. Oh God. I really, I didn't watch it till maybe two, three weeks ago. Okay. I didn't watch anything about it and I was like, ah, what the hell? And I, I put it on. And it's so interesting. The thing that's funny about it is the amount of people, because I guess when they announced season two, uh, the taglines and stuff with it were, we all know Pablo Escobar dies, but who killed him? And all these people flipped out like, what the hell, Netflix? Spoiler. And like, I'm like, oh yeah. God, and and really? like everybody was like, dude, just fuck. Didn't you even watching the show? Didn't you even go to Wikipedia on right. Escobar? Like, didn't you do anything about the guy? And yeah, it's, I, I and think it's like basic history. Yeah, you know, like modern history. I would think that I'm hoping you would know that it was more in the minority. But just the fact that there was even like ten people that had that reaction is like, oh, oh god, really? Because I I could understand like you know maybe the younger kids or because I mean I remember hearing about it growing up, like hearing about it happening. But you know maybe someone was younger that missed that because it is on Netflix. But at the same time, sure, like your curiosity wouldn't have peaked at all for you to look up because it says in the beginning of every episode that this is based on true events. Right. Like that's just me. Oh, really? And then you just want to see stuff. Like even stuff I knew as I'm watching it, I'm looking stuff up just to, you know, what the hell? But I don't know, but whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> the other thing that I wound up watching and, and you might hate me for this. I don't know where you stand on this. <laughs> I I was uh, babysat my niece over the weekend and I binged watched Pokemon with her. Okay. Now I have never watched Pokemon before. <laughs> what, the, the old show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what the fuck <laughs> is going on <laughs> with any of that? Not that I can I, speak. You know, not that I can say anything too bad because I grew up watching stuff. People say the same thing, but I just sat yeah. there the whole time. Like I have, I, I couldn't even. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't even. <laughs> like I couldn't even. Because like, all I would, my niece would just get annoyed with me after a while. Cause I'm going like, now, what, what? What are they doing? And it was funny. I was trying to get to the basics of like, no, why do they have to catch them? I don't know. Well, what happens when they get all of them? I don't know. Well, what? What's the point of doing that? I don't know. I'm like, why did you like this? <laughs> like that's I'm like I couldn't get it. I'm like, all you know is these people go around grabbing these goddamn things, right? And then what? Like, is it the Highlander? Like, is there? Can there only be one at the end? Like, I don't understand what was happening. I'm like, all right. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I was never I was never a Pokemon guy. Okay, and so uh, I wasn't sure if you because I, I I watched some anime growing up and like Pokemon was I think like late '90s, so it was right after. I mean, not that I ever watched anime that was anything close to like Pokemon level, but I mean, sure. it, it was just right at that cusp of like, no, I'm not even. Yeah, it was you know it was one of the it, I I think it was a generational thing where I was just old enough to be like, oh, that's lame. Same yeah. with Power Rangers. Like, I was yeah. never into Power Rangers because I was just old enough that my little brother was into it. Yeah. And it was like one of those things like, oh, well, you know, if he's into it, you know, then it's for little <laughs> kids or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know. I'm, I'm such a mature adult I'd rather now. watch Ultraman than this you know? crap. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I just never, I never got into the appeal of it. Like, I, I, I guess, you know, okay, you, you have cute creatures or whatever, you know, so, I'm, yeah. I, you know, kids like uh, that kind of stuff, you know, stuffed animals and action figures and things like that, but... You know, and the collectability part of it, I think that was they they played that up so oh, much. Oh God, yeah. You know that you had to catch them all, and you know, of course, when well, it comes to I, that sort of thing, I, you want to buy, buy, buy. After watching it, I said, you know, the the, the guy or the guys and girl, whoever the group that put together Pokemon, are they have to do nothing the rest of their life based on probably a night that they dropped acid and came up with this idea. <laughs> like I don't know, and they have to do nothing for the rest of their lives now mm-hmm. because it's just. In perpetuity, something new, even like now, it's back in in the public zeitgeist with Pokemon Go. So it's like they have to do they nothing, just sit back, occasionally crap out another movie or something, right? Because that's why I also ended the night watching a Pokemon movie, like the newest one. Okay, I don't. So apparently they didn't get any more shit together because I don't know what the hell. But you don't know what the hell was going on. No, no. And if my niece ever listens to this, I'm sorry. I love you, but, <laughs> but I just like. Could not, could not ever figure out what was happening yeah. with any of that. But the only other thing I have been watching is uh, the Misfits reunion show happened. Oh right, and like that was incredible. I'm just trying to watch like all the little clips because I couldn't go because I don't have any freaking money to do something like that. Right. Um, but that was incredible to see that. And they've also, and I know it's only, um, it, it's really only Jerry, it's only Jerry only <laughs> talking about it. But uh, they haven't really ruled out more shows and possibly even, like, getting into the studio together and things. Mm. That's what he says, but Danzig has said nothing. Yeah. So who knows? So it was funny because there was an interview in the Rolling Stone, and it was uh, Jerry only sitting down talking – and uh, Doyle, his brother, was in the room with him. But Doyle, like, even like the, the reporter kept noting how Doyle was saying nothing. <laughs> like, he <laughs> would just, like, nod his head or stuff like that. He just was like, all right, whatever, man. He just did not get excited about anything. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I, th- I think they spent all their money on that giant pumpkin yeah. that was on stage <laughs> yeah. there. That was you know, the that's... best part. It's like seeing the <laughs> stage show. It's like, holy shit! Like you know, you, you see the old videos and the old fo- you know uh, photos from them when they were for, when they were in that original going yeah. and it was like they're playing in shitty basements like i could have had them in my basement here for a show and it's like now they have this like huge stage of the pumpkin that's the size of the stages they used to play on but um one of the other things i wanted to mention uh from what we talked about last time cemetery man is on blu-ray now oh finally well it's it's a region free copy from germany but you can get it here now oh great so like i i, I actually popped up and was like oh okay because i actually wanted to mention that because we're both like saying how it's not and i will probably order that that's i'm, I'm gonna soon. probably gonna want to do that because looking at it and like i'll do it but it may get away a little bit um then a couple of other things uh the suspiria remake i guess is actually happening mm. which i 
No, I'm not happy about that one. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if that's one of those movies that uh, you can remake and no. and give it any sort of justice. It's, it's gonna. I wouldn't even call it a remake because I really can't see how it's going to be a remake. I I think it's just gonna wind up being that title with something else because they they couldn't even do what that movie did because i mean you know they're not going to have the budget for a lot of the stuff that's the biggest thing a lot of argento's movies and particularly that one have this real bizarre weirdness to them this this certain feel to them it's the what happens every time they try to do anything from that and remake it because back then like uh, Argento, Fulci, a lot of the Italian directors had this stream of consciousness. Like that's how they directed. Mm. It was dream logic. Like nothing had to make sense. They just were there, and it was just dream logic. Like when you're having a dream and something bizarre happens, it just happened. That's it. Move on. And that's how all those movies were. Which that's why they didn't translate as well to a popular American audience because they don't get that or want that. Right. Uh, and I, so trying to redo that is going to be. I mean, I don't want to shit on it too much before it comes. I don't want to be that person, but it's just I can't see how someone can remake that and make it. You know, like the Evil Dead remake was great, but I can't see how someone's going to take something like that. that Not not because it was a classic, but because of how it was done mm-hmm. and, and what it was done like. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's it, in the same way that you can describe what Evil Dead is about. Like I could tell you in two or three sentences what happens yeah. in, in, in that movie. Uh, it's very hard to say the same about you know Suspiria and a lot of other movies of that type. Yeah. If you just said what it was about, it'd be like, what? That sounds stupid. Yeah. Like it, it, a girl goes to school. She's a ballerina, and it, it, it finds that, out it's run by witches. Yeah, like, like, that's that's about it. And it's like, what the, why would anybody care about that? But it's like, no, there's there's so much more to it. Yeah. But it that, like that's what gets into like the stylistic and all that. But I don't know. Uh, one of the other things, Phantasm. Is going to be on Blu-ray. Uh, the end of this month is the new uh, remastered Blu-ray, which was remastered by J.J. Abrams. Oh, with Don Coscarelli. J.J. Uh, Abrams, like I guess, wanted to show it for friends because he's a huge fan of that movie. Which was like, really? <laughs> and uh, when he went to screen it, because he got like one of the original reels, it was in such bad condition. He said, you know, would you mind if I remastered this and talked to him and had him come in as they were doing the process. And hmm. so it, w- it was very much hands-on, but it was J.J. Abrams who spearheaded it. And then on the backing of that, Phantasm Four Ravager is going to be out in early October. So that'll be the final of the whole bookend. Yeah. How many of the original people are in that? They, I think they, the, I think they pretty much everybody came back because that yeah. was uh, Angus Scrim died Right. While they were doing it, by I believe from what they said, like he had completed okay. everything. So they're not like they don't have to have anybody in or anything. Hmm. Uh but so Matt, I want to see that though when it comes out, because it'll just be interesting to see it's been so long. I mean, I think the original one was seventy I can't think of the date, but it was in the seventies. Yeah. So I mean to, to go from that all the way through and then in the meantime, like all the stuff that he's done, mm-hmm. it's just like I wish he got more work, Don Coscarelli. Yeah. Because he was so interesting, even getting into like doing Bubba Hotep and all these like really bizarre movies that he did along the way, I just I don't know. I wish he got more stuff, but hopefully, hopefully, like I don't I don't think Phantasm Four is going to be like a blockbuster movie because it really is only going to be like hardcore fans that really want to see it. You're you're not going to get anybody off the street 
right. to, to just kind of go and see it, not knowing anything about it. And if they did, it, it's probably going to be disappointing to them because it's, from what it sounds like, it's a very much a continuation of this story. And I think if you don't know the background, you're not going to give two shits about it, the whole thing right. at all. So I don't know. All right. So let's get into a little bit about a topic, I guess, this week. Um, spearheading off with everything with Gene Wilder. Yeah. Because that was something that came up. I think all... Did all of us have a movie his in our top comedies? Uh, most of us, I think. I don't remember if George you know, did or not. I know, I know. We we definitely talked about uh, Young Frankenstein a little yeah. bit and, uh, and Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Um, you know, they're the two I think big ones that people yeah. think about uh, when they think of like Gene Wilder's best, you know, comedies. But uh, you know, with him passing away, it just made sense to uh, you know talk about uh our our favorite comedies and you know cult comedies you know maybe stuff you uh have have seen haven't seen uh you know where comedy movies are at currently uh i th- i think that's uh an interesting discussion in itself so uh so yeah we're going to get into a, a little bit about uh comedy in general but i i guess we should start off with uh with Gene Wilder in general yeah well the the one thing i di- i didn't mention cuz it's not it's one of I really love this movie. I can't say it's one of my favorites was See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Yes. And um, one of the reasons it even is more, a little more endearing to me was that was the first movie I ever saw boobs in <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> then, like, So I, I always remember that because oh. I remember seeing that. That is a coveted place. Yeah. <laughs> that was, on your shelf That right broke there. me right there. <laughs> but I remember I was, I don't, I, I cannot tell you the age I was, but I remember HBO late at night. I, I just saw comedy. I wasn't, I didn't know what anything and it was just like, what is that? <laughs> like, what's happening to my body? <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't know. Like, and I love the movie, and like now I can go back and watch it and just like really get it, and it's really funny because it was like just a perfect pairing of those two. Yeah. Because like, because Gene Wilder, I mean, like you know, always was Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, uh, Frisco Kid was another one I loved him in. I, I wasn't, and I know, I don't think it's even divisive, but like I, I liked Willy Wonka. That was not my favorite of his. He was he as an actor in that movie was phenomenal. Yes. I just didn't care for the movie that much. It wasn't something that really spoke to me. So even when I did the remake, I just I don't know I don't know why, because it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. It just never sat with me for whatever reason. Huh. I always like I always liked the original. Uh I hated the remake. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I did. I really didn't understand what the point of that was. I mean, I get that. Uh, you know, it's closer to the book. You know, a lot of people defend it because it's closer to the book. But I was never really into the book as a kid, so it I really had, had no effect on me. That's one thing I don't I don't like when when people make that argument. Like, well, it follows the book more. Yeah, but if if the other one that they did was better, what does it matter if it follows the book more? Like, even in case in point, The Shining, perfect example. Like, I know Stephen King hated. Kubrick's. I know that for a fact. Yes. And I, and, but then they did. They went and um, I don't remember who the director was that did the one with. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name now. That was it was that wasn't Jay Moore. That was uh, it was the dude from Wings, I think, at the time. Yeah, I can't uh, think of his name. Yeah. When they it was they terrible. Did a, yeah, they did like this. The, the it was like a, it was first of all it was a TV movie. Yeah, it was it was a TV straight to DVD movie, and it was it just did not go well at all with anybody. A lot of people, but. And then the people that did like it, I feel like they were only saying they liked it. Well, it was more you know loyal to the book. Well, who gives a shit? Right. Like that's not what's important. Is it? Did you like it? 
and you know, not just to shit on Stephen King, because I mean, I like him overall, but yeah. uh, you know, some of his books go on and on and on, and oh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, he tends to kind of repeat himself a lot. And I like to just, you know, I I liked uh, the original film for for what it is. Yeah, you know, I think it told the story well, and I don't think it needed a lot of. You know, I mean, he the the TV movie was like two separate parts, so it's basically like watching a two part movie, mm-hmm. and it's just so long and goes on for so long, and there's so much detail that it, it's just not necessary. No. You know, like it, it needs to get to the, the the point. You know, and and even then, you know, the actors aren't as good as you know the original casting. It doesn't look as pretty, you know, as the original <laughs> yeah. movie. I mean, Kubrick was so obsessive with the way he would set up a shot that. You know, I, I just you can't mess with that kind of perfection. You know, like it's it's bizarre to me that they even thought that was a good idea at the time. But uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, getting back to, you know, Willy Wonka and all that, I I, th- I think, you know, same thing. It was just it was done so well. Stephen Weber. That's who Stephen Weber. I had to look it up because um, I was going to eat at me. But, but anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I thought uh, Johnny Depp's portrayal was so weird. Like it was like a like a Michael Jackson kind of thing, you know, like where, where he, he had the yeah. pale skin yeah. and, and, you know, he was like he, and he, he acted weird around the kids. And it was just like this is I don't it just made me uncomfortable. Like it was just so bizarre. And I'm like, what? You know, like the the original Willy Wonka is so likable in, in just this like, you know, mean way, you know, because he's so. Uh, you know, conniving and, mm-hmm. and manipulative with the kids and stuff like that. And to me, that that's so is such an interesting concept for a children's movie when you look at it, because you know most children's movies, they you know the hero or the main character, or the title character, or whatever, is usually very heroic and you know very honest and very true and that kind of thing, fighting you know a, a generic bad guy. And this was interesting because he's kind of both. He's yeah. kind of good and bad at the same time. I remember in the, the beginning in an interview he did, and I, I, I believe it wasn't in the script either. In the beginning when Gene Wilder's character, when, when he comes out, when they first get to the factory and he walks out with, and he has the cane and he's walking out and then falls, I believe he made that up. Yes, he did. I, and, I read that okay. interview. He was and talking for, about And the, that. for the fact he made that up was because he said, from this point on, no one will ever believe anything this character says. Right. And that's why he wanted to do that, to always have that doubt in their mind. But he then didn't make him a weirdo. He just made him kind of eccentric. And I think that's what was different with, with Johnny Very Depp. Much so, he was yeah. just a weirdo. And it it wasn't that you didn't trust what he had to say. You It almost like didn't care. It was just like, all right, you're just a strange person that's not what this character was right there was more to it and they they also they added this weird backstory too oh, yeah with the the does teeth and the dentist yeah and the, his father was a dentist and it's like christopher lee just shows up and you know, i was like really okay i i at this point this is just tim burton's excuse to just work with people that he liked you <laughs> yeah. know like that's really what it came down to but uh no yeah. that was definitely one that i i it, yeah, maybe I wasn't a huge fan of the original to begin with as a movie as a whole, but it didn't need to be remade. There was no reason for that to be remade at all. I mean, it wasn't that it... Because that's why when... I understand if a movie should be remade. It, to me, if you're going to do that, it should be when the original maybe has lost touch with current audiences. Like maybe mm-hmm. some of the things aren't landing the way that they were. Like if it was done in the, the 50s and there was a lot of references to, to Hitler and things happening at that time in World War II... 
whatever, you know what I mean? But but all these things happening that don't land now, right? That seems so dis- distant from what it was. Yeah, I mean, like like uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day about how you know a lot of Looney Tunes cartoons aren't yeah. on anymore and stuff like that. Um, you know, and it sucks because a lot of a newer generation don't even know who these characters are other than seeing them on a T-shirt yeah. every once in a while or something like that. Or but, finding Space Jam streaming somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, Space Jam is a great example of, you know, that 90s cheese yeah. that really didn't age well no. at all. I mean, no. it wasn't great when it came out, but it really doesn't... Yeah. It you had, know, like, a shelf life of a month. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and even going back into the, you know, cartoon history, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, like, you know, Bugs Bunny or Daffy or somebody to do that, uh, do an impression of, uh, you know, a famous actor at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where if you're an old buff of that kind of stuff, you'll get it and you'll laugh and you'll enjoy it or whatever. But, you know, kids today, they don't know who Humphrey Bogart is or, you know, things like that. Hey, that's so the first time we've mentioned that. Kids today. Kids you're, today. You're going to hear that a lot of this. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that will be a theme throughout this podcast exactly. and every episode. But yeah, that, that's. I, I'm glad I got to start that off. <laughs> no, a lot of those don't land with them because it's just so foreign to them. Yeah. So that's why I, I don't mind if you're going to. I, I, see, I don't like to shit on remakes just because they're remakes. Like sometimes they, they're warranted. It's just when it's done just for the sake of like, oh, you know, we can make some money off this or, or whatever. Which unfortunately, most of it is more than I don't. I I can't really think of one off the top of my head that was like remade to make it more current. But whatever, uh, more of them are done just to kind of crank out money. But it's like I wish that they did have a little bit more of that because it would make more sense and it would make it, I think, easier because they're overthinking a lot of these too. Like that's why I think is ruining some of the remakes they're trying to come out with. They're just putting too much into it to try to make it land in a different way when it's just like, no, just do little tweaks here and there to update it. Cause if you're going to remake it, just fucking remake it. I mean, the, the people are, you're going to get to go see it because you're going to have the, the people that hate remakes aren't going to go no matter what you fucking tell them. They're right. not going. So, well, Hey, look at ghostbusters. Yeah. You know, I mean, that a was a good modern example of, of, of that where, People really said, "No, we really don't want this this yeah. time. Like this time, we're yeah. we're absolutely positive. We do not want <laughs> you to remake this. Yeah. Please don't remake it." And the studio just kept shoving it down our throats over and over and over again. And then when it came out and it didn't make the money that they thought it was going to make, you know, uh, even before the movie came out, they were doing a lot of damage control uh, by basically focusing on the fact that you had some people that were making misogynist jokes mm-hmm. or saying that, you know, oh, it's going to be bad because women are in it or women are Ghostbusters and stuff. And I, I think they focus so much on that. Um, there's actually a great video. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, uh, Red Letter Media. Um, they're uh, th- these independent guys. They have a, a YouTube channel. Uh, they do some really, really great uh, movie reviews. Uh, they're into a lot of cult films and stuff, too, so I, I, I oh, think yeah. it would be right Same up one. your alley. Um, you would definitely enjoy it. But um, they did a really great video on that, on how Sony basically changed the marketing to be all about that, you know, the whole misogyny thing, and to take uh, the heat off the fact that it really wasn't a great movie. That, you know, and... The thing is, is, is uh, I felt like it was so hard to actually do a real critique. Like as a critic, you were in, uh, uh, you know, up Shit's Creek without a paddle because you, you really didn't know 
uh, if you said it was bad, then it, you were a misogynist. Yeah. You know, then you yeah. hated women. You know, but if you said it was really good, then you were pandering, or mm-hmm. you were, you know, uh, you were a shill. You were paid to write this review or whatever. You know, I, I love when people say that because the majority of people that do stuff don't get paid to do anything right. like that. Exactly. <laughs> people get so it's like the, it's it, you know what it is. It would it killed all of that. And I'm, I'm not uh, trying to demean what happened, but the, the whole 9-11 conspiracy theory stuff is what ruined so much stuff in the media because that getting kicked around so much, like conspiracy, conspiracy, now it's like become diluted to the point where that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, everyone's on the take. Like, uh, like <laughs> go watch the, the Mel Gibson movie, the conspiracy, and just sit and your freaking bunker with a tinfoil hat. Like, it's just like, to me, so much of that is just so like, all right, you know, I, half the time, because I've had stuff said to me, I'm like, I wish I was getting paid to do this. Like, that would make things so much easier. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> right. But, uh, I don't know. All right, so it's getting a little bit of our comedy background, as far as like, when we got into it. Like, now my, I was trying to like put stuff together, and I was trying to think like, the earliest recollections that I have, like, as far as, like you know, we've we've always watched comedy from the time we were born. We would, that's just like something our parents would feel comfortable plopping us in front of. Sure. Uh, for the most part, <laughs> they wouldn't put me in front of Cheech and Chong or something at, at one. But uh, you know, a lot of it was mm, kind of watered down. It didn't really sit with me. I was trying to think of like what was the first thing that sat with me, and I remember being like six or seven years old, and I used to watch PBS all the time with my grandmother. And I would watch Doctor Who, and then I don't know if it was right after, but not Are You Being Served would come on. I didn't get a single one of those jokes. <laughs> and I think it was just because of the way that they talked and how they delivered and acted. It was like the funniest show to me. Mm. And then as I like started watching, I started to understand some stuff as I got older. Like That was kind of the first thing I remember landing with me and then discovering Monty Python when I was like 10. My parents actually got me into that. I remember them taking me to local reference montage video oh, <laughs> and uh, and getting Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And they just said, you will like this. And it was like one of the great gifts my parents ever gave me because I still remember this is they rented it for me, sat me down upstairs and left me. They didn't want to watch it with me. They're like, just watch this. And they just left me. Mm-hmm. And it was like this like birthing moment for me because I, <laughs> I, I remember laughing so hard to the point where I couldn't breathe and I had to stop it. And, and like I did that continuously throughout the movie, like having to stop because I was in so much pain. <laughs> like it was painful to finish that movie the first time for me. And it was like, oh, my God, like I love this. And that, that's what kind of got me into offbeat humor. Like I yeah. was I don't think I ever I never really went down the role like. Like yeah, I I like Tommy Boy. I like like a lot of that stuff. Like it lands with me, but in a different way. Like it doesn't resonate with me where I'll watch it a whole bunch of times. Yeah, I th- I think uh you know the in the 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 eighties and nineties uh there were a certain types of comedies that were out, and I, I think Adam Sandler is a great example yeah. of uh, those movies that that came out that were all really really popular. And I kind of felt like uh, like an outsider a little bit because I'm like, I, I don't know if I don't think this is that funny. I just don't, you know, it's not that I didn't get it. 
It's just that it didn't resonate with me the way that it did them. You know, you'd, you'd hear, you know, kids telling the, the jokes in his stupid voice and over and over the same stupid yeah, lines. And it's like, it, his, it's just his, not funny. He became the easiest person to impersonate. All you got to do is talk like a baby for a little bit. Right. And I'm like, look, I, I, I did. I, when I first time I saw Happy Gilmore, I liked it. I didn't love it. First time I saw Billy Madison, the, I liked it, but there was only a handful of things, and most of the stuff that sat with me was Chris Farley's character in that, yeah. and uh, the old woman saying "pee in your pants" is cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's there wasn't a lot that like really sat. With, oh, and Sloppy Joe's none of the. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. All the things that sat with me, most of his movies weren't quotes from him. It was external <laughs> characters. As I'm like thinking about Billy Madison through my head, it, right. it's just like that's what resonated with me. Were these weird, offbeat characters yeah like the stuff that that wasn't the i don't know the slapstick falling through a table stuff that right but and then, you know if you like that that's fine i never took it as like well you were just stupid and unsophisticated which i did see a lot of people that were like that with stuff which i'm like you know to me if it makes you laugh how shitty the rest of the world is fucking have at it sure it's just that's not my bag like that's all i was kind of ever like with it and so that's not what i and it's not even because I intentionally sought stuff out. It's just like I got exposed at a young age, which I'm sure you had the same thing. And when you when you find your comedy voice or, or someone talking to you in your comedy voice, you can't undo that. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, that really develops your your whole sense of what's funny and what's yeah. not at such an early age. I think that the, if there were any catchphrases in my house that were told over and over, it was, you know, stuff from Monty Python or, or I'm crushing your head, yeah. garage, garage from, you <laughs> kids know, in kids hall. in the hall, you know, like uh, that kind of weird stuff. Kids in the hall and Monty Python mm-hmm. was like big in, in my house, yeah. you know, whether, you know, in those days it was you didn't have the Internet to be able to just pull the stuff up and show somebody like you yeah. can today. Like I, I envy that. That you could just say, oh, you've never heard of Monty Python here. Yeah. I could pull up their best skits right oh, now. Trying to, we had to go instantly had to to find a VHS tape to rent. And, yeah. And then it, hope that one copy they had was there when you wanted it. Right. That's something that they carried multiple copies <laughs> of. And if it was like a TV series like that, yeah. you know, unless they had like a best of or something like that, you would just get random episodes, yeah. you know, like a couple on a volume or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hope that they were the the ones that you wanted to see or that yeah. you wanted to show somebody or whatever. But Monty Python was some. was a good one with that because the Flying Circus, the show, was maybe sixty, forty, seventy, thirty, like good. Yeah, because there was a lot on there, even as a fan, that was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and they, and they've even they, it's not like I'm shitting on it. And like they they've even said like there was some stuff. It was just they had to fill time. So they just kind of like came up with some stuff. And like that's the thing that was tough because the Flying Circus, I remember going to get some copies of it and be watching it and like cracking up laughing. And then like, I don't, and like part of me thought like maybe I'm just too young for sure. it to land with me. But I have like the whole Flying Circus now and it still does, like, it just doesn't fly with me at all. And it's just kind of like some of it just is just there. And it's like, I remember on TV, uh, one of the channels, it might have been AMC or one of those, would play them uh, late at night. I think A&E, because that's who put A&E, the box that's out. That's who it yeah, was. Yes, yeah, so it was A&E yeah. that, that had them. And so me and my mom would watch them on there. And that was that was not a great way to watch them either because uh, they would chop them up real yeah. bad. Because yeah. obviously the way that commercials were done 
in the 70s are different the way the commercials are done now and the fact that it was imported from England. So they had, no a, commercials, a, yeah, yeah. they had a very different yeah. format. So they would chop it up to add the commercials in there. And a lot of times it would cut the skits in half or like it would just end like the episode would the just be over. scenes would be like all screwed up. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like it, it really like there were parts that really just didn't make sense at mm-hmm. all. And I thought, you know, th- is that me? Like wh- where was the joke in that? Yeah. And it's just that they literally just cut it off so they can end the show and go on to the, the, the commercial break. So it was really a, not a great way to be introduced to it. But I mean, I got the gist of it in yeah. a lot of ways. And, you know, the movies were, were out on VHS. Yeah. So when we had those and, and enjoyed them. PBS played a lot. Like, that was the one thing that got me into a lot of it. So like once I realized, like, okay, I enjoy that dry British humor, PBS had so much to offer uh, they they have I don't know if how much they play now like I don't really see as much I know most of it's just cost um, but growing up like I remember seeing a lot of shows they used to have on there that got me more into it I remember they used to actually play the young ones on there sometimes yeah and like a bunch Another of those, like great show like, and there was like so many other good shows that I got exposed to from that and then I remember uh, Nickelodeon started playing Danger Mouse which yeah. I love that and then the spinoff Count Duckula. Which I still that love. Was, oh, I that love was great, Count Docula. and I actually I have like the box set because I'm like I love that cartoon, and they actually they're still kicking around because they brought Danger Mouse back now. Is I don't know if you even saw that it kind of popped up Netflix. Oh, brought very it back. briefly, yeah, yeah. They, they like they they brought that. it out. They redid it. It's all the original voices, original artists, everything. Wow, and they brought it back. It's on Netflix now, and they're still in talks about possibly resurrecting Count Docula. Hmm. Which I would actually be interesting if they're gonna do it in that same vein like that would be yeah. awesome because like that show to me like I remember it being such a huge thing it was on Nickelodeon I think it was Friday nights and I still remember that that beginning of the the Thames River like that uh, like showing Parliament coming up and that yeah. dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like, I did that's like like my childhood to me is just that beginning I remember like oh my god and th- that show just resonated with me so much and. It was. It's sad because it. I thought it was huge. I like that's what's funny is like you think back when you're a kid and it's like this show was everything to me. So I mean everybody must have seen it and it's like, yeah, no, no. like no one knows of, what I'm talking about. A lot of people forget that yeah, it was like, even on. Like it was on Nickelodeon. Like, yeah, which is weird that people don't remember, especially you know, from stuff our, that our childhood, on. especially like our childhood. Like yeah, Nickelodeon, we were very was, much a Nickelodeon generation. Yeah, because yeah, that was like the everything was on that, and then you're getting into like that was. Right before I think Snick started and all that stuff. But I mean, yep. I think Salute Your Shorts was going at the time. I don't remember when that yep. came. But it was like during that that period. When, and like, how did this not land with so many people? But I yeah, just, I, I, I looked for it. That was the one show. That was the first show that I ever got into. Where I'm like, I have to be here at this time on this day to watch this show. Maybe because most of the marketing was focused on Nick Tunes, the stuff yeah. that they own specifically that they produced, you know, like Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, that kind of stuff. Is And it was a spinoff of Danger Mouse, which was mildly popular on Nickelodeon, but not huge popular. Right, exactly. So, you know, and you didn't really see, like, there wasn't merchandise. You know, there wasn't no. action figures and video oh, games God, and there, T-shirts. If and, there was, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It actually would be bad for me now because I'd probably be gone like on eBay, like buying all this shit <laughs> and just going broke trying to get all of it. But no, there was there was so much. But I think like that also was something that led me more into because like that was right around when I was watching that was when I started getting into like horror stuff and everything. So it kind of like lined up 
perfectly with and like by, by horror at that point, I mean like Vincent Price, like you know, old Victorian Gothic horror, like yeah. black and white stuff. So it wasn't this, you know, which a lot of that was in tribute to or was yeah. influenced by in some form or another. So it makes sense to transition from one to the other. Yeah. So I mean, that that was like a, the perfect feed for me to get into all that. So that's kind of where that lined up. But then my as I got older, it was just I really just kind of stayed in that realm of offbeat comedies and then like. It's it's funny now because where we were and what we liked at that point, we were fringe, I guess, at best. And now that's kind of like that's the kind of humor you see in commercials for Skittles and stuff like <laughs> like that's what it's just so weird. Like that transition happened from it being this fringe comedy of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's not funny. Yeah. To like everywhere like that's the normal humor <laughs> now and it's like when did that happen yeah it's on like major networks and yeah things like, that. like that's and, the thing it used know. to be the stuff that made us laugh it'd be like something is seriously wrong with you like that is not funny at all it's so stupid and now it's it's on every major thing constantly and that's like the standard thing but like growing up it's and that's why i kind of wonder like how did that happen like where i mean like yeah, I'm sure there were there was you know it's more than me and you that watch that stuff. So obviously that's where a lot of it happened. But the general comedy landscape when we were kids were like shitty TV sitcoms that everything was resolved in 30 minutes. Like yeah, Family Matters, Full House, like all that stuff. That was the whole. That was kind of like the last ditch effort of like wholesome American TV. Like hey, and then you had married children on stuff, but then you also had the the stand up boom that was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of those two things, but then in the '90s, like that all went away for the most part. Like there was, the sitcoms were still there, but yeah, we we didn't even really like uh, not until a lot a while later. But uh, this area didn't really get Comedy Central at all. Yeah. You know, like we we kind of we're kind of stuck in a cable monopoly area where it was basically just you know, one company. I think it was in the, I, I remember because I was working in the mall in the mid nineties. And I remember my manager came in talking about South park because they had gotten comedy central. But you had to pay. It was when you were able to just buy one channel. Yeah. You could pay. I think it was like, I don't know. I don't really want to guess what the amount was. We had to pay a bunch of money for one channel to be added to your cable. And they used to do that. Which is annoying that now they say, well, we, don't, we can't do it. Like, no, you have more fucking technology than you did back then. <laughs> like, you can do that. You can absolutely do yeah. that. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, it was, it was around the mid 90s we finally got Comedy Central here. Yeah. And, and by that point, I think South Park was already, you know, going. I actually had a weird experience with South Park uh, because my uncle, uh, who still lives in, in New York City to this day, uh, there was a bootleg VHS going around. And you know how, I mean, that was. That was the thing to yep. buy in New York. You know, if you wanted to see a movie, you, know, you, you bought it on some bootleg VHS with some bums, you know, outside who, you know, filmed it with a handy cam. And you hear people was, coughing and ladies stand up in front of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he had uh, a VHS copy of the original because uh, South Park, it, it was uh, oh, like if, the original. Yeah, the original thing thing they they the did was yeah, it was it yeah. was done with paper mache, and it was uh, a gift to like close friends of theirs, like as a Christmas card mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it was like them and Santa Claus and stuff like that, and it was you know a very short skit on this tape, and that was it. And uh, so I saw it way before a lot of people in my area 
would ever hear of what South Park was. You know, at the time, I didn't even know what it was. It was just like, oh, here's a funny cartoon. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, I'll watch this. And I, I thought it was hysterical. I'm like, this is so different. You know, I, I would love to see something like this, this turn into something. And at that point, they were just putting into production the show and the first season and stuff like that. So it wasn't too long after that that the first season came out and, and you know, people started getting into it. So, you know, I definitely, I, I, I liked South Park. Again, I was... Also, the kind of I, I I liked that it was you know darker and it went places mm-hmm. that a lot of other shows didn't. But I was also like not as super hardcore as a lot of people were yeah. became oh, yeah. about. It. And to this day, you know, you still see they're, like they ver- they over merchandise that show very very quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where it was yeah. just everywhere. There was just South Park everything, and I kind of got sick of it real quick. And yeah. to this day, I still kind of have that feeling where a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, season you know two hundred is so great, and I'm like. I, I can't tell you the last time I actually sat yeah. down and watched uh, an, e- just even an episode, never mind, you know, one of the later seasons. Because, I mean, that that show was uh, renewed so much in advance that even even if it wasn't relevant anymore, which people claim that it still is and great, so be it, uh, they renewed it for like 10 years in advance. So yeah. it was like, uh, OK, so we're just stuck with the show forever, whether yeah. it's going to be good or not. They're just going to keep pumping them out and, you know. Very similar to what happened to The Simpsons, where yeah. it was just, oh, yeah. The Simpsons were just so popular, and that was another big show that was, you know, like my 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 cousin who was like my best friend growing up, and we were into a lot of the same stuff. He really grew up on a hearty diet of Simpsons, so he loved fucking Simpsons, and I n- was never like my parents weren't into it, yeah. and it's not that I was super influenced by oh, them, but you know later, yeah. yeah, but it just wasn't on a lot in my yeah. my house, so I didn't really see a I lot actually, of Simpsons I actually, early as a, on as a child. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Oh, really? I remember it was in uh, second grade when, well, for me, second grade, I shouldn't say, in second grade, like it's a year, my fucking second grade, whatever year that is, um, was when they came out with the the Christmas one where, you know, the Bart did the, the Batmobile lost its wheel, oh, that okay. whole thing. And at that time, that was scandalous. <laughs> and I remember being like all over the news and it was <laughs> offensive and all this stuff. I'm like, the, like now you look back at all the stuff now like that's what's funny is looking back at the stuff that was like so like maybe married with children all the stuff when we were kids that was like this is gonna ruin society and so right this is nothing <laughs> like absolutely nothing and like people made such big deals about it, which made it popular i mean case in point like married with children the show was gonna die until someone opened their mouth and bitched to the network and then all of a sudden poof, came a huge thing yeah but there was so much of that but like I remember the simpsons was another one that it was because of eat my shorts and all these <laughs> things they're like it's so stupid to even say now but at the time it was like oh my god they can't say that on tv it's just i don't know the way things have changed but simpsons was one i, I got into it late too like I, and you know partly because of that because i was a kid but it was like probably and also it wasn't a, it wouldn't have landed with me and the first couple of years of the Simpsons were fucking terrible anyway. Right. So I kind of got into it right at the sweet point of when it started to get something you wanted to watch anyway. Yeah. Um when they had a, a really good writing team for a yeah, couple of years. Yeah. Like that was kind of why when I really started to sit down and watch it regularly was in the 90s like when it was actually like a really good show and like not, I don't want to like just say like oh it's terrible now cuz I don't really watch it so I can't like, you hear about these things about what it is and it I don't really watch it. I, I don't know how it is, so I can't really say anything. But I know people have said it's not what it used to be. But what the hell is? Right. 
So, I mean, that's like the, the one thing I'm looking forward to, to having come back is everything with Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like, that's the one thing, because that's another show I discovered. Oh, God, I don't know what night. If it, I think it used to be on Saturday nights on, I know it ended on sci-fi. I don't know if that's where I initially started watching it. Um, but I kind of stumbled upon it. It was one of those, like, I woke up late on because it used to be on at, like, midnight or something, like, late. And I woke up and couldn't fall back asleep, put it on, and I was crying laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, this is what I have done with my friends for so long. But I never had heard of the show. I didn't know anybody else that watched it. And I was telling people about it. Oh, there's this guy and these two robots. No clue what I'm talking about. And then I finally, <laughs> slowly, I, I figured out. Then I realized, because I thought it was just randomly on. I didn't know it was a TV show. And then I realized it's on a set time period. Right. So I started telling people, like, oh, just stay up and watch us. And then slowly everybody got into it. And, it, like, I love that show. And then just to see it, like, go away kind of unceremoniously, like, it just kind of whimpered out. Yeah. And then just has been dormant. Like, I know they tried a couple other things. I can't think of the shows that they were doing after. But they did, like, two different reincarnations, basically, of that without the robots, just the voiceovers. And now, like, to have it come back with like who they're coming back with i mean like you have like jonah ray Patton oswald like all these like really great comedians and writers that are involved in this and i i believe like how it's going to be is just going to go right onto netflix too yeah so it's it's like got everything set i'm like this could be so freaking good because it was just like that's what that show was and that that's what it, it's funny when you think like you know we've, we've talked about like the comedies you watched growing up but the, there's a huge difference like you watch a bad comedy movie and it's terrible. You watch a bad horror or sci-fi movie and it's a great comedy. <laughs> like that's the thing that's the funniest thing about it is like you you watch these movies and they're hilarious. Some of them, yeah, they intentionally make a bad movie now because it's become like kind of known to be yeah. funny to be bad, which kind of takes away I am any of that. Really not into that whole Sharknado twenty seven. Yeah. Just that whole <laughs> series of movies now yeah. that come out that try to be unintentional, you know, like Once unintentionally, intentionally funny, and it's what, just, it's what, not funny. Would ruin that because it, it had been a thing for so many years. But once the the executives at Sci-Fi became aware of, oh, our ratings are high for our Saturday night movies because people are watching them and laughing, not because they're so good, because people are sitting around getting drunk and laughing at how bad these movies were and having fun together. And I was like, okay. Let's capitalize that and start making really bad ones. Like, no, that takes away from it. Yes, it needs to be. You don't. You're not aware of how bad this is because once, <laughs> like, once you start doing the winks and the nods, y I'm out. Right. It's just like it's not funny anymore because, like, and it, yeah, okay, maybe it is kind of cruel in some ways because <laughs> you're basically laughing at someone's you know possible life work. <laughs> sure. Just, shitting all over it but it, when you have someone that's trying to do the wink and the nod about like oh we know how bad this is come on it's like that's no it, it, it that takes away any of the heart like that's why i love watching like 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 mystery science theater because they were taking these 70s and, and sometimes 80s into the 80s movies but mostly 60s and 70s and just lambasting them and they were done to be serious movies right and like that's because they didn't, they wouldn't waste the money to make an intentionally bad movie. Like it wasn't like it is now, where it's like, oh, it's tax write off, so people intentionally make bad movies to have a write off. 
they didn't really do that as much then. It was they wanted to make like a it's movie. The fucking producers or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, but it's like now it, you you become aware of it, and that's the one thing that's kind of sucks because it, it is so endearing to sit down and watch that. Yeah, but you and it, there's no other genre of film that has that though. A bad yeah. drama, you're not going to sit there and laugh at. Like it's really only horror and sci-fi when they're bad they're good like that's it there is no other genre of film that has <laughs> that, that that can say that i think the next thing that really resonated with me uh you know after uh what we had talked about already was uh 1994 when clerks came out yeah and yeah. the whole kevin smith thing uh which you know people's opinions of kevin smith have changed and evolved and stuff over the years uh, I'll always kind of have a soft spot for Kevin Smith because uh, he kind of introduced me to a new form of comedy. You know, like the uh, it was Clerks, uh, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and then uh, quite a few years later, Clerks Two. And those movies really, uh, you know, first of all, they were you know completely filthy in terms of language. Like Clerks was going to be rated X because of just how much cursing there was in it like n- there, there's no there's no nudity there's no you know whatever there's no death there's no people you know guts and explosions or anything like that it's just pure cursing and and dirty language and you know talking about sucking cocks and shit <laughs> like that and it was just like wow this was you know uh, this was a whole other level yeah. of funny it was a, it was different for me and and my my father was into that stuff right away. Like he, he, he heard about the movie early on and uh, introduced me to it. And so me and my cousin really got into Kevin Smith quite a bit. And we uh, followed all the movies kind of as they came out. I think we got into him maybe uh, not too long after Mallrats. It was probably right around the time mm-hmm. that maybe Chasing Amy was, was, was going to come out, and that was his next big movie. And it was a diff- It was a little bit of a departure. It was yeah. different because Mallrats, he kind of went all in with the slapstick, you know, and, and did it more uh, as a straight, you know, comedy, and uh, it didn't really do as well, but then it got the cult following later yeah. on. Yeah. And um, I thought it was funny right off the bat, just because I got all the references. That, I was in the was, comics. I was in the you know the movie, cl- same movies he was into. Clerks landed with me, but I think I had to get to it through Mallrats. Like that's what happened with me, because mm. I had heard of Clerks, and I don't remember if I saw it before Mallrats or not. But I remember Mallrats really landing with me, and I just I loved that movie. And then I was like sad to see like it didn't really take off like the way i thought it would right and it just kind of which is funny because it seemed like he was almost trying to uh take his brand of comedy and make it a little more mainstream by you know having that dumbness to it you know like you know clerks is is just two guys going back and forth talking most of the time and you know there's you're either in on the joke you're not yeah Yeah. exactly whereas this was trying to branch out a little bit and i think you know add some more of that that slapstick kind of stuff to get that audience that we were talking about earlier that were into adam sandler movies and things like that and and it just didn't quite catch the way that it needed to and uh you know chasing amy was kind of his way of of you know doing like more of a, a drama and it came to me at like you know it was a, it came out at like the right time because i was like going through 
you know, a breakup. So it's kind of a movie that you want to watch, you know, yeah. when you're, yeah. you know, feeling you like women. that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and you're like trying to figure what, what are relationships? Why do, why do we put ourselves through this stuff? You know, like what, what, why do women act the way they do? Why do men act the way that they do? You know? And I, and I liked that it was balanced in that sense too. Cause it, it just, it just as much questioned, her as it did question him and like mm-hmm. his intentions and what he was thinking and stuff too. I thought it was just, it was, it was a, it was a well done movie. And then, you know, dogma played right to the fact that, you know, I was not a religious guy at all. And, uh, even though Kevin Smith himself was a Catholic, he kind of wanted to do something that was more irrelevant and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, a take, a take on, his Catholicism, because at the end, it really, as much as it makes fun of religion, it also kind of says, ah, oh, well, you know, we still, at the end of the day, you know, God's all right, you know, which I wasn't too thrilled with that part of that aspect of it, because I felt like you just spent, you know, an hour and a half criticizing yeah, the shit out of this, yeah. and then you're like, eh, it's all right. You know, no, no, you, you that, that's, I, I think that's the wrong message to send, but okay, you know, fine, whatever. Uh, but I still enjoyed it overall. I still thought it was a lot of fun, you know, and and so that that really that really st- yeah. uh, stuck with me. When Kevin it came Smith out came like his voice uh, was perfect for like that time period of both our, our age range at the time in the '90s and being in the '90s when like especially coming out with Clerks first as I mean like yeah it was kind of done as an independent movie first and then got picked up but coming out with that first. For people to see in this time where we were, you know, raging against decadence and everything, you shoot a movie in black and white. This just stoner standing around talking shit yeah. is like the perfect summation of like what we were feeling at that time. Like, yeah, we weren't all stoners, but I mean, we, <laughs> we, we we like felt that like you know void of like, what the fuck am I doing? It, yeah, it wasn't even like a deep question, like a philosophical question about life. It was just what the fuck. Like that was really the question that. That was it. That uh, was the question. A lot of it, you know, like, and it's it's funny because a lot of people will criti- criticize Kevin Smith because uh, a lot of his ideas and stuff came from the movie Slacker, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah, yeah. which really kind of started a kind of slacker the movement. Core or everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of movies like that 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 came from that, and uh, and then out of that, I think came the whole Judd Apatow era. Mm-hmm. You know, like he definitely was influenced by Kevin Smith. Uh, but was able to take it to the mainstream level that Kevin Smith never was able to reach. Like his Kevin Smith's precipice w- was was reached uh, around the time between you know Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back or whatever, where he he had that great cult following that would follow him anywhere and do anything. And to this day, he still has that because he has his whole huge podcast network and things like that. And he hosts now he has you know, shows on yeah, AMC show, yeah. and stuff like that. He just introduced a new show on AMC, uh, which is pretty decent. Uh, I have I have watched the first few episodes oh, of it. It's, the, uh... it's not bad. Uh, it's It it suffers from uh, the fact that it's chopped up real bad. Like, it's it's a half hour with commercials, so you get about, act, like, 20 minutes worth of, worth of stuff. And, you know, he's a verbose guy. He can go on for hours. And so yeah. you kind of want to... See wh- wh- where's the rest of this interview? This interview was just getting good, and then they cut to commercial, and that, and then they're on to the next segment, you know that kind of thing. But it was funny because I actually met Kevin Smith uh, before he really like now he like sells out theaters and stuff like that with his talks and stuff. And I saw him uh, at Bloomsburg University uh, right before Dogma came out, 
my wow. my dad had somehow heard that he was doing a, a speaking thing there. And there was maybe if there was a hundred people there, that was a lot. Like maybe a hundred people in this huge theater. Um, but you know, he did his his little talk about you know whatever he wanted to to you know talk about movies and and you know production and stuff like that. And then you could just do Q and A, uh, and and it was a lot of fun. It was really cool, and it, that 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 like really solidified my whole fandom with him and everything. And he stayed afterwards and signed autographs and all that good stuff. Oh, wow. And you know, so I got. Um, I had a first printing of the clerk's comic book and I had that sign and stuff. So, uh, so I was definitely a fan from then on in, but he's then he's definitely gone through and taken his lumps. That's how I was, I was yeah, looking. Yeah. The last like, couple of years, especially, yeah. I think, you know, he's the, the, the hardcore fans have really stuck by him. Uh, even I've kind of taken girl, a, even through it. All. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey girl <laughs> was a tough time. Uh, that was just not that great. It wasn't as bad as it as no. It was lamb based at the time for everything. Yeah, it was because that was the time of Benefer, yeah. you know, and that was such a, a a big thing to make fun of that it was like it was the wrong time to yeah. put those two in a movie together. Even though she's in it for five fucking minutes, you know, she's not even the main. Uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez is barely in it, but um, you know, I think George Carlin stole the show in that movie. I think he was great. Um, and probably the highlight, you know, if if I would recommend anybody seeing that movie at this point, oh yeah, it would probably just be, you know, if you're a big George Carlin fan, oh, I think I said you would recommend George Carlin see it. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not recommend resurrecting Carlin to make him watch Jersey Girl again. I would, I would not put him through that. Uh, but. Uh, I, I, after that, you know, then he started kind of going in weird directions. You know, he yeah, started doing like weird indie I don't movies. Know. I haven't, did you see? Did you see Tusk? I didn't. I really didn't watch that. I, I didn't. I didn't because you know I just kind of not that I necessarily am not a fan anymore, but I don't follow him as hardcore as I used to. I'm yeah. not like uh, well, you know looking up every single thing that he it's, does. It's weird too because being fans of him in the '90s, like we ate up everything we could from him. But there was there wasn't as much like that's the difference I think with just media now too is like he it wasn't he wasn't as available because <laughs> one we were stupid teenagers but sure. two th- there wasn't this the way things are now you can't tweet at him or something right and and the way things are now it's like it's harder unless you are you are a diehard fan because you got podcasts you've got you know TV shows you've got all the stuff he's going around doing this spoken tour stuff I think he still does those yeah, yeah he still does them there's all these different things that are going on that's like there's almost too much that right. it, it's kind of hard like if you did it's like with with almost anything now or like you know that's we have like binge watching and stuff or it it's tough because of the the just overwhelming amount of stuff to consume right if you miss a little thing you're kind of just like well just fuck it i'm not even and and i I think that's a big reason why i just i I didn't pay as much attention because it's like i i can i can consume uh you know an episode of comic book men here and there even though it's got that reality show thing that i fucking hate and i just (laughs) I, i i can't really get into that the way that i want to but uh, geeking out's pretty good, you know. It's it's half hour. It's easy to consume. I can move on that kind of thing. Yeah, I I would spend way too much time listening to the dozen podcasts that he does now. Yeah, there's so many that things. he puts out every single week, you know. Plus all the other stuff. Plus the the movies, which you know he just put out uh, yoga hosers, yeah. and it's just getting fucking panned. Like people are just like, even if you're 
the biggest fan on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's 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 literally like he just wrote this so he could put his daughter in it. Like it's just not that good at all, and it's very 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 niche. Like to yeah. the point where it's like even us us guys, yeah. you know, like we're we're calling this cult personalities. Like we're talking about cult shit. Even even I'm just like I don't you know, know if I really want to sit through that. I, I'm wondering like. I love hearing about when movies are like that now because I wonder, like, 10 years, right? Will it? Is it going to be become different? one of those things? That's what yeah, I wonder because there's so many movies, like, even like when we were growing up, that were like that. Like, this is just fucking stupid. And it's like, yeah, it is stupid. Like, UHF. I still fucking love that movie. Ah, oh, fuck yeah, man. And UHF. It, w- I'm that, glad you brought that one. When up. That, that's a great one. When that came out, though, I remember yes, I was, when it came it out. Was, it, Panned and the and Weird Al was known to be Weird Al. Like he's not going to do his name's fucking Weird Al. It's not going to yeah. be like a drama. Like, and he's the toned down version yeah. of him in that movie. Yeah. Like he really doesn't play it, it so up at panned. all. Like he plays the straight man. Yeah. Yeah. So that everyone else can be on, you know, like can turn it up to eleven. You know, yeah. like I and I I'm, the first time I watched it, I loved it. I loved that movie so much. But then it just I think it was maybe in the theaters for like two weeks or something yeah. i mean it was just in and out gone so quick which is funny because there's so like it, it definitely fits in with to the point where you know like he did the theme for spy hard mm-hmm. um you know a lot of the leslie nielsen stuff that mm-hmm. we love still leslie love nielsen. today we yeah. watch over and over again we love airplane we love all these movies that fits perfectly in that type of comedy. Like it's it's mm-hmm. you know that that goofy slapstick with lots of parodies and lots of jokes. It's definitely uh, got movies, and it just it, no. for some reason it didn't. And, catch it, was, on. and it came out at the time when all that was popular, right? But and I think I think some of it was just because it was very much more of a, a kids type of movie like as a kid you love it because he was like a human cartoon character yes so there was a lot of that's why we loved it but it wasn't something our parents like you know that's that's what got a lot of those movies that we loved as kids why they became so popular was and it's true for most successful cartoons or anything that are kids is there's always a wink and a nod to the parents Hmm. like we know you're too old for this but you know here's a subtle dick joke or something like that (laughs) like there was stuff like that but there was like really none of that in there so it was either you were all in with like the way his humor is and if you weren't all in with that you weren't into it right because there's nothing else for you to latch on to like well well i know he's gonna do this like no he was not a dirty he didn't swear like he was a very wholesome person and he wanted the movie to be that but just ridiculous and over the top yes and that's it killed it but then now years later it's this huge cult classic right it, it was just re-released again maybe a couple years yeah. ago yeah, um, Blu-ray, I think they put it on Blu-ray yeah. and it's like, and like there's so many movies like I mean like Troll 2 is like a you know, a weird example. Yeah. But I mean, there's these movies like what, that came out. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I remember, I actually remember renting that <laughs> in high school oh, when man. it wasn't like, when I thought I was getting a horror movie. Right. I remember watching the first Troll. <laughs> Not that that was like a scary movie, but I'm like, hey, Troll 2. And they, they made it look like that. And it's like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? Like, I didn't understand it. And it was funny because I remember watching it, but then years later, when it, you know it started getting that buzz as the worst movie ever made, and I'm like, did I ever watch? I didn't even remember watching it. I could not <laughs> remember it. Yeah. And then once I like started it again, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this is the worst fucking movie. <laughs> and, but I didn't. It didn't. At the time, I was mad. You tried to it, erase it out of your yeah, memory. And it was it was one of those like this is so bad that I'm pissed off. 
at whoever <laughs> had anything to do with this movie. Right. And then years later, when you can when you have that perspective to laugh, you put it in. It's like, this is one of those like so bad it's good movies and you can laugh about it. Yep. And it's like, that's what I wonder, like how some of these movies are going to be. Are they going to become that in 10, 15 years that this is so bad how did this ever get made? And then you're cracking up laughing at it. You know, great, uh, great documentary made about that too. Uh, yeah, the troll tool. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I don't best worst movie I think it was or something, something like that. that. I'm uh, sorry, I find it really, really funny uh, and and cool to get uh, the perspective on it years later. Mm-hmm. You know, from the actors who you know most of them that was their one and only movie <laughs> that they ever did. I mean, the lead guy was a dentist yeah. in real life, so yeah, it's best worst movie. Yeah, uh, and and it's 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 a cool little documentary that gets into why it was so bad, and you know, like the cult following that it found years later, and how like the actors then would start going to screenings and conventions and stuff like that, uh, much like the Star Wars movie that I was talking about earlier, just kind of how weird it is to them that this is a, still a thing, yeah. you know, like that they're, they were a part of something that people love so much when, you know, they hated it at the time and then they try to forget well, that they, it ever happened. And most of them weren't even aware that the, like, that like some, it's like, Oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. There, there's, well, there's a lot of them, but there's one of this thing of specifically, it, it was not like a movie I want to recommend. It was this like basically like a snuff movie from the seventies. <laughs> Um, that came out, I think it was House on Dead End Street or something. It was one of those house on blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, and it was it was basically made to be like a snuff mill movie. It was terrible. The, the, the director even said, I think he was given like $5,000 to move it, uh, to make it, and then you know, 4000 of it went up his nose, like or maybe even more. <laughs> like he basically had a couple hundred dollars to make this movie because he was such a bad drug addict. <laughs> and finished the movie, and it came out, and... Someone stopped because he he had so little money that he directed and starred in it. Oh, so he and and he didn't know it even came out. He was walking down the street and someone came up and was like, "Hey!" and like referenced the character's name to him. And he's like, "The fuck are you talking about?" And it was like years later, and then he comes to find out they had released the movie. Didn't even know it was out there. Didn't oh, know anything wow. about. And like that's what's funny with some of these movies that come out that are like panned. Like the people have distanced themselves from it, so they either don't even know it came out. Or have just walked away so much that they have nothing to do with. They don't even remember. Sure. So when someone comes along, they're like, "Oh no!" And you see what? it all the time too. Even even with some of these cult movies, um, they have distanced like people that have gone on to become popular actors and actresses and stuff over time that have been in mm. some of these like more cult movies that are underground. They just want nothing to do with it, and especially with the, the whole movement now of uh, you know extra. Uh, footage and and these behind the scenes things they're trying to get for all these other uh, Blu-rays and stuff. They want to have these interviews of people mm-hmm. and they, they have such hard time getting them because they don't want to sit down. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want anything to do with it. And it's like, it's like a funny thing. Cause like I just looked it up now cause I can't remember her name, but Jennifer Conley was in oh, Dario right. Argento phenomena. Yes. will not even talk about it. Hmm. And and they've for everyone whatever we said is nothing bad happened to her there there wasn't anything scarring she wasn't you know like because that's the one thing you do hear about some creepy Italian director is when right. cre- creepy shit goes on yeah and um, but they've said like that never happened like he was not like that at all but nothing to do with the movie will not even in an interview and she still gets asked about it now. And just won't. And it's not even like she's doing a lot of stuff now. I mean, right. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to her career. Here and there. But yeah, but, but, yeah, but it's like as... it's not enough that she's like, you know, off in the star- stratosphere, but still just, no, nothing. Huh. 
And it's it's so funny. Like you see some of that stuff go on. It's just I don't know why. I don't know what happens. But there there's a lot of that. The flip side of it is that that like that's what happens as some of these movies come on. People do distance themselves for whatever reason. There are some good reasons. Like uh, I don't want to get too much into the whole clown house movie. Oh thing. yes. Uh, there's a reason you'll that's never see that. One. You'll yeah. never see that on Blu-ray. <laughs> um, and they've openly admitted nobody will touch that movie. And it's actually. I guess I'm, in case someone doesn't know, there the there was a the lead actor in the film uh, was molested by the director who went on to do a couple other movies and things like that. Um, but the movie itself actually isn't that bad. It is like a really scary horror film. Mm. But because of that supposedly happening on that set. Right. It just has that reputation. That, yeah. And nobody know. wants to touch it. And, like, and, and people... Um, like Shout Factory and a couple of these other places have said we've been asked to to put it out, and they said like we're we will never we won't do it like nobody wants and it's not even because like it's hard to get the stuff or anything it's just there's so much stigma to that film specifically because that is like ground zero especially you know in this day and age you know that's such a touchy topic with yeah. people that you know and rightfully so i mean you know it's it's a something that you know still has so many you know stigmas and things associated with it so i mean really uh you know unless you're an absolute hardcore fan of just weird you know bizarre uh horror movies there's really not much you know there's not much profit incentive you know to put something like that out yeah. and you're also kind of I think would they would be accused of of implicitly you know saying that oh well this was okay you yeah. know well, like they that even I'm got supporting this or I'm going along with it they put out the the, the director went on to do Powder and then Jeepers Creepers was like the next like he did the series they put Jeepers Creepers out on Blu-ray and they even got backlash for doing that right and this is how many years yeah, you know because, later it has nothing to do with this other yeah. you know so uh, it's actor, kind of so it's just it's gonna be. You're not going to see that one anytime soon. I guess I'll just put it that way. Right. Right. Um, absolutely. But from all of those things, like everything that we we went through, like a lot of the the tie-in for me was what as I got a little older and I started discovering the whole horror comedy thing, because mm-hmm. that's where everything in my life kind of got wrapped up in this nice little bow. And it is it is a genre that is not for everybody, because some people don't like that crossover. Like they either want to be really scared by a horror movie. Or just laugh at a for a funny comedy and not see someone get decapitated or whatever. <laughs> so it is like a kind of a, a weird blend. But if you've grown up watching some of these things that like we were talking about, like horror movies that are so bad that you laugh at them, you don't think anything of it. Mm. It's just kind of like a natural thing. And I, I think like what really broke it open for me was the first time I watched Dead Alive mm. because that was just like so disgusting <laughs> that like you're almost kind of I, I think i remember the first time watching it you did that kind of uncomfortable laugh yeah it wasn't like you're, you're not slapping your knee like laughing hysterically like the, as you get okay i get where this is going then you're doing that by the end but in the beginning it was like oh my god because it was just so disgusting like you couldn't even like the, sitting there with mother eating the soup <laughs> and and just pus just shooting into every it was just like what the hell 
like you, you just couldn't even stomach it and and you're, you you want to laugh because it was like that's what I want to being like this this kind of uncomfortable like oh god yeah. and then as you get going with the movie it's it's almost like a roller coaster right? you're kind of going up 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 and then it's just downhill and you get down to the lawnmower scene and you're just cracking up laughing and that you're so desensitized I've, i remember showing it to so many friends and that it's always the same thing in the beginning you're cringing you're like oh my god and you kind of want to laugh but you're like repulsed and then as you get used to it then you're just cracking up laughing and you're like there until the end and you get it but that's the thing like i think a lot of those are like that because you don't if you don't love that to begin with it's a weird line to kind of cross right now where did you uh i i think the last time that i was really like you know, watching comedies was, you know, when Judd Apatow was putting out his big ones, you know, like a 40 year old virgin and knocked up and stuff like that. Um, you know, those, those were probably, you know, the last time that I really, uh, you know, saw a mainstream comedy and really enjoyed them. Cause they, they got really big. They were, mm-hmm. you know, R rated and a lot of curse. And like I said, very influenced by Kevin Smith, but a little bit more, of, uh, you know, the love story plots and things like that, that they kind of uh, put it in there to make it more, uh, you know, connect to a larger audience. And I I liked them. And then, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything that he's done in a long time. And the other night uh, I was in bed and I was kind of falling asleep and uh, that uh, train wreck was on. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea that he directed it. Yeah. I had no idea that he had anything to do with it. I was just like, eh, Amy Schumer's okay. Like, I'm not a huge, huge fan, but, you know, she could be funny here and there. So I'm like, oh, I'll just leave this on. And I ended up watching it to the end, and I was just like, and w- when I saw Judd Apatow's name come up, I'm like, oh, really, dude? Like, because... It seemed like it was it was like a cheap knockoff of one of his movies, not that he actually did it. Like yeah. I didn't really think that there was anything in it that was really funny. Like there was nothing that really made me oh, laugh. Really? Exactly. I actually, I liked Trainwreck. I didn't mind that one. I I didn't. It, not that I necessarily hated it. I just felt like uh, you know a lot of his other movies. I just remember laughing out loud and enjoying. Yeah. You know, certain parts of it were memorable or whatever. And it's just I didn't. I felt like the whole movie kind of ran together. I didn't feel like there was not there was nothing that like no particular scene that stood out. Uh, the ending was like too way too cheese ball. Like I was like because because that kind of went for you know he I think he was trying to mess with the way that comedies were done yeah. at the time yeah and this felt much more like I'm going to do what all other comedies would predictably do by yeah. the end of the movie like I just I couldn't I couldn't connect with that one at all you know and maybe because it was late and I was just kind of you know falling asleep and not really like paying a lot of attention to it but. There was nothing in particular that made me want to like sit up and, and you know have a good chuckle, you know. And there was, there there really hasn't been like I I haven't really seen a lot of good that, comedies. That's in a probably while. the last like mainstream one that that I've seen. Like I haven't. I I mean most of the ones I see now, it's it's just more of like, and it's not like I'm seeking them out. It's just more of like the independent thing. Like that like the Deathgasm was one I love. It's like definitely more of a comedy. Like that's where I think like more of the ones I'm watching now are more like comedy horror things, just because like mm. that's just. And it's not even like I'm seeking them out. It's just like to me, like that's where there is like some funny thing. Like, did did you see um Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Yes, because that was one like I no clue what I was getting into, and I was crying laughing at so many scenes in that movie. I was so surprised by that movie because it it um 
I don't think the marketing did it justice no, at all. Not at all. Because it, fe- it like when it I saw like a some of the trailers, movie. Like yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. A lot of it looked like because there, there, there's a lot like you know we were talking about before where with the uh, you know the bad sci-fi movies and yeah. stuff like that. There was also a lot of you know bad straight to video like you know uh, either horror comedy or just horror mm-hmm. in general and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't know this. Is, this feels like it could just be another one of these straight to video, just not very good, yeah. mediocre movie with a, a bunch of no names. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I should take a chance on it, but I'm really glad that I did. I was so surprised at yeah. how much I enjoyed that. That's kind of, I was like clicking through when I saw it. I'm like, uh, and then I saw it had like good reviews. I'm like, well, I'll watch it. And just right off the bat, like when they, when they're in the thing in the, at the gas station, he walks up to them with the sickle and just starts laughing maniacally. Like you kids growing up the cabin. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I think I'm going to love this. Yeah. And then once it gets to the part where when, when, uh, I don't want to like just keep talking about the movie cause you're, not, but when the, when they're at the, <laughs> the cabin using the wood chipper, <laughs> yes. I like when that happens and they walk in and it's like, I don't know what's happening. The kid just threw himself in the wood chipper. <laughs> I lost it at a level that I had not lost it in so long. And it was actually one of those movies that I watched and I immediately rewatched right after because I just was laughing so much like I just wanted to watch it again. And I still laughed the second time because it was just like it landed so much with me. And it's like that's to me, especially with comedy, is like, am I going to want to rewatch? Like, that's how I, with any good movie, like, that's why I think is different when you get into uh, dramas and things. You don't rewatch them as much because it's just like once you have that initial cry or that, that that emotional tug at your heart, like, you don't revisit that over. Th- Even if you do watch it a second time, it, right. it's not there. Like, you, it, it becomes, it's predictable in a different way. Right, and that's why I like with like watching these, like there's just so much. Like the other one was um, what we do in the shadows. Oh yes, did you okay. see that one? Yeah, because that was another one. Like I loved it and wound up rewatching it like very quickly after. And I actually went and I bought it on Blu-ray after because I'm like I know I'm going to love this, mm-hmm. and I'm actually looking forward to they're doing a sequel. Um, and it's I don't know how no one did a play on this before, but it's called like you know how the other the group was the werewolves. Mm. The sequel is called We Are Wolves. Oh, okay. And I'm like, that's so perfect. And especially coming from a New Zealand accent, sounds like they're still <laughs> werewolves. Right. Uh, but it's like, I, I'm i looking forward to them. Because that's the guys from Flight of the Concords, if anyone's listening doesn't know. And Flight yes. of the Concords, if you like offbeat comedies, that's kind of right there for you. Yeah. So there's so much in there. That's why it's just the whole evolution of it like really does like where you land now i think is so dependent upon what you landed at at a young age like what resonated with you it just stayed with you mm-hmm. i think a lot of other things you'll develop and hone your taste over time but i feel like with comedies like if you landed in that slapstick stuff like where you grew up watching that that's cuz it really cuz comedy ultimately should make you feel like if you're watching a good comedy movie, I should say, like it's going to make you feel like you're a child sitting in front of a TV laughing. Like that's yeah. the, the ultimate goal for most of it. I think to have that, at least that feeling in your heart. Like yeah, if you're sitting there watching Richard Pryor or Gene Car- or George Carlin, it's a little different. Like they're, they're supposed to push you out of your comfort zone with some <laughs> of the stuff, but most of it should just make you feel that way. So I think that's why a lot of it really hits that sweet spot of like when you discovered what your voice was in it. Sure. You know, especially, uh, you know, now that we're getting older, I can start to see 
Um, you know, you, you wonder, you, like when you're young, you're like, why do old people, why are they so stuck in their ways? You yeah. know, why are they so set on this is the way things were and that's what, the way they should be now? And now that I'm, you know, I'm 33, I'm starting to hit that point where I'm like, oh, okay, I get yeah. why old people are like that. Because you, you, as you become an adult, you get less and less that free time to just sit there and watch movies all day and just, you know, go out with your friends and go to see whatever the latest movie in the theater is and stuff like that. Like, you lose a lot of that time, so you kind of retain the memories that you had, you know, the Mm -hmm. stuff that was good and whatever. So you start to kind of dismiss anything that comes out now as like, oh, well, who cares? You know, like, uh, I'm not... You know, you're not focused on that anymore. You're focused on your family. You're focused on raising your kids. You're focused on your job, whatever it may be. And so there's, you just retain whatever was left. You know, like what whatever made you feel good, and, and you you kind of want that back. So you know, maybe that's that's part of it. I don't know. Uh, I mean. Uh, maybe, maybe when I'm 50, I'll have a different perspective. But r- at now, I'm starting to get when you're 50, that you'll be idea. Like, Fuck all this, because I yeah, <laughs> I, it's, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> no, why I, did I ever think that stuff was good? <laughs> Everything sucks. You know, and I don't know. I, I think like a lot of it is that it's just you know, as you get older, we don't have the free time to to go and discover new things as much too. That's true. Which is what becomes, and I, I even feel it now when people start referencing things like I. I don't know. Like I even like you know, to me, like I, I like talked about Mighty Boosh and things like that. And to me, it's like, well, that was just like you know, last month or something. It's like, no, that, that show started over ten years ago. It's like, oh fuck, what happened? Right. Like, and so it's where like, did the time go? That's what makes it hard for me too. Is like I feel like you know, I'm hip, I'm relevant, I know what's going on. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it like kind of kicks me sometimes. I'm like, God, I guess I'm not paying attention as much. Yeah. Because you just kind of get in your own little bubble. And sometimes you just want to sit down and watch the same thing you've watched 20 times because you're doing something else. Yeah. So you don't have the time to consume new things as much. And then you, I don't know. <laughs> you just get, you get bitter to and it. I don't know. You're dead. <laughs> you're just dead. <laughs> Even, you know, I, I, I uh, saw when, when they put it out on Netflix, the new Pee Wee movie. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I didn't watch it yet. I, I, I want to. I've been meaning to. I just, for whatever reason, haven't. It's pretty good. I mean, I I enjoyed it overall. It definitely I've, I've has heard, a, I've heard has it even has a large Marge part still in it too. Yes, which is what I want. <laughs> it's so um, it, it it feels it's very influenced by modern comedy in the sense mm-hmm. it's almost like you know it really is. If Pee Wee's done today, this is what it would be more like. Mm-hmm. You know, like if 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 Pee Wee never had any movies, and this is the, you know this was the the movie because it, it really doesn't reference the other movies it doesn't like talk about the other things that like occurred in much in the same way that the movies don't really fit with the tv show yeah. very well like yeah. you, they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're two kind of yeah they're, they're different two, worlds yeah they're two kind of separate entities or whatever and i think this movie even is different from the other movies in that sense you know it's like it has you know the road trip elements and things like that that you would want from you know, like the original movie and, and some of the weird wackiness of, of like, you know, Big Top Pee Wee, mm-hmm. um, which isn't as well received. But, you know, you still see it on TV sometimes. I still catch it, you know, when I can here and there. Again, t- going back to yeah. watching the same <laughs> things over and over again. But, uh, but yeah, it has a lot of, li- like, uh, the whole... Uh, it, it's a, a weird thing because he has this um, kind of obsession, like this this bromance sort of... 
uh, uh, friendship with this this guy, and I really wasn't even that familiar with the actor because Joe Magnello. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I really wasn't into anything that he was in, but uh, so but it, it was interesting to see how they they played that through the whole movie mm. and, and stuff and, and how it was it was weird but creepy it was kind of creepy like it was a little strange but I'm like ah, but that's Pee Wee you know <laughs> Pee Wee is <laughs> kind of weird and creepy and kind of strange and bow tie for God's sake <laughs> <laughs> like it's it, it, it definitely is its own thing but I would recommend it overall especially if you're an old Pee Wee fan yeah. I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I would recommend it to anybody who w- hasn't seen Pee Wee before. Yeah, they don't get what the. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it would resonate with people. If you now. don't know, he jacked off in a movie theater. Don't watch the movie. As <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you weren't there for your whole childhood to just go out the window when that happened, and then see see his mugshot with the creepy porn look on his face. Right, it's right. It's just like, all right, <laughs> it's not Pee Wee. Which is why I think he was forever doomed after that. Every movie you see him in, he's always a creep. He's I don't a, he's fucking blow. He was phenomenal. In right? Though. Yeah. I saw him in that. It's like, holy shit. He's, he's, he is actually a good actor. Oh, yeah. You know, he's really fun to enjoy. But, like, I, I watched uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on. The, it was uh, uh, maybe about a week or two ago on uh on late night tv and i was like oh i haven't seen i haven't seen this movie in a long time and we'll we'll end on this note because this is a good one to end on because we're talking about movies that are so bad they're good yeah there's a movie called microwave massacre that just came on blu-ray uh the lead in it i can't think of his name right now but he was the voice of frosty the snowman the original cartoon from our childhood (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, it is about a guy who hates his wife's cooking so much he winds up killing her, cutting her up, <laughs> and cooking her in a microwave and eating her slowly over time. Uh, and it is not, there is nothing graphic about it at all. It is one of the funniest movies you'll ever see. And Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens himself, has a cameo in it before he was anybody. Towards the end of the movie, he is, plays an electrician. <laughs> comes into the house <laughs> and, it, and when you see him it is the funniest thing ever he's like fuck because he has a line and everything so you see him yeah and it is peewee <laughs> so find microwave massacre it's hilarious that's another one that's on that shutter so if you just fucking get shutter honestly <laughs> I, I can't recommend that channel but i think it's also if you have amazon prime you can get it. i think it's through that too okay so if you have that already but just any of these movies fucking watch them <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll be back next week. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed uh, our uh, our uh, discussion of comedies. And uh, if you want to tell us about your favorite comedies, I'm sure we missed a whole bunch of oh, shit. God, There's yeah. so many more things I'm sure we wanted to talk about, but we can't fit in there. So, uh, you know, we'll probably talk talk about them in a future uh, podcast. But uh, tell us what you think, and uh, tell us what uh, what comedies you grew up on and uh, influence your uh, sense of humor. Yeah, when were you scarred? <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week. Bye.